Welcome to Lady in the Couch, a podcast about mental health and well-being, relationships, and topics specifically related to women. I am your host, Autumn Collier, a licensed psychotherapist in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's have a seat on the couch. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here and joining me on the couch today. Today, we are talking about seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD. For the sake of today, we will refer to it as SAD, seasonal affective disorder. So it is that time of year again. We're getting ready to have daylight savings time come around. We fall back this year, so it is really nice that we're able to get that extra hour of sleep. But along with that extra hour of sleep comes increased darkness. We're at that time of year with the fall and winter months arriving, holidays, celebrations. Hallmark has already started there around-the-clock Christmas movies, which is always fun and nice. Although towards the end, I do kind of start missing like the Golden Girls that typically comes on. Anyway, I digress. So, you know, this time of year, it's a lot going on. It's a lot going on and, and many fun things, many celebrations, holidays for those that celebrate the holidays, and just an opportunity to engage with family and friends. And for some, this time of year can also bring about a low mood. And some people may notice, you know, when when fall and winter hit, I kind of feel a little down, maybe even have something like the blues, or I'm not sure what that is. So we're going to kind of talk about that today. Some folks may notice that mood change during the fall and winter months, and we'll explore this more, but this mood change could be related to seasonal affective disorder. So it's commonly known as seasonal affective disorder. However, the technical term for the diagnosis that I'm referencing is, well, according to the DSM-5, is major depressive disorder recurrent with seasonal pattern as a specifier. So that seasonal pattern as a specifier, that is what makes it sad, the seasonal affective disorder as we know it. So for the sake of today, however, I'll just continue to refer to it as seasonal affective disorder or sad. So with sad, in most cases, the episodes will begin in the fall or winter, and it'll start to remit or let up in the spring. Some folks can have this this low mood during the summer months. However, it is definitely far less common to have recurrent summer depressive episodes as a result of seasonal affective disorder. And, you know, as we look at this disorder, look at SAD, many people can relate to it. Again, you know, as I mentioned, Many folks may kind of feel like, you know, during the winter, oh, it's just, I kind of just feel blah, or my mood just kind of changes. And then, you know, it starts to kind of let up when, when it starts getting warm back out. Sometimes we maybe blame it on the weather, blame it on the darkness, or it getting darker earlier, less sunlight, many different things. And, you know, actually there is a hypothesis about the sunlight and more darkness, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So yeah, we're mainly looking at it, and it's mainly occurring in the fall or winter months, and it usually lets up around spring. However, you know, before we were to like give someone a diagnosis of seasonal affective disorder, we would kind of look at their situation and psychosocial factors as well. So, like the sad diagnosis would not be appropriate for someone whose mood pattern is better explained by like seasonally related psychosocial stressors, such as maybe every winter because of the nature of their job, they are unemployed. 
Okay, so every winter someone's unemployed, maybe they are a little down, we wouldn't consider them to have seasonal affective disorder because what's happening with their mood can be better explained by social factors occurring in their lives, if that makes sense. Or even take that maybe student, um, that college student who is taking a rigorous schedule during the fall semester and their mood might be a little off, maybe irritation, down, sad, fatigue, things like that. We wouldn't necessarily say that was related to seasonal affective disorder because it can likely be better attributed to just a rigorous schedule and stressors happening as a result. So some of the depressive symptoms that occur during the seasonal pattern can often include loss of energy, hypersomnia, meaning that excessive daytime sleepiness, overeating, weight gain, and craving for carbohydrates. So while depressive symptoms can be weight gain or weight loss, um, increased appetite or decreased appetite with seasonal affective disorder, you might see more of the overeating or even the weight gain as opposed to weight loss. And yes, the craving for carbohydrates, which probably is why there's that weight gain. How prevalent is seasonal affective disorder? Well, interestingly, it depends. The prevalence of the winter type seasonal pattern, it varies based on latitude where you live, based on age and gender. So the prevalence of seasonal affective disorder increases in higher or with higher latitudes, such as um, areas like Alaska or New England and Canada. So those areas may have a higher prevalence of seasonal affective disorder. So individuals living in Alaska may be more likely to develop seasonal affective disorder than individuals living in Florida. Age is also a strong predictor of seasonal pattern with younger persons being at higher risk for winter depressive episodes. So when it comes to age, the younger population are more at risk for uh, winter depressive episodes. And it also occurs more often in women than men. And of course, as with most things, there is a spectrum that everything falls on with regards to severity. So episodes of SAD can range from mild to moderate to severe. And that's typically with most things. They're on a spectrum. So while it's not fully understood what causes seasonal affective disorder, there are a couple of hypotheses. So according to the National Institute of Mental Health, research indicates that people with SAD may have reduced activity of the brain chemical neurotransmitter serotonin, which helps regulate mood. So that neurotransmitter serotonin helps regulate mood. The research also suggests that sunlight controls the levels of molecules that help maintain normal serotonin levels. But in people with SAD or seasonal affective disorder, this regulation does not function properly therefore resulting in decreased serotonin levels in the winter. Another hypothesis is vitamin D deficiency. It is believed that vitamin D promotes serotonin activity. Vitamin D is consumed with diet. However, the body produces vitamin D when exposed to sunlight on the skin. As a result of the decreased daylight in winter, people with seasonal affective disorder may have lower vitamin D levels, which may further hinder serotonin activity. Uh, Vitamin D is um, extremely important. I encourage all of my clients when they go get their annual physicals with their PCP or primary care physician, I encourage them, you know, get that full workup, your physical, 
should be labs, they're drawing blood, sending it off, all of that, and also ask them to check for vitamin D. I'm not sure if a standard preventive or preventative physical comes with the vitamin D check, so you may have to ask for it, but ask about your vitamin D. Many of us are walking around vitamin D deficient and don't know it, especially people of color. Our skin is darker, so vitamin D is produced by the body when exposed to sunlight. Well, with darker skin, it typically takes more, more sunlight for us to produce that vitamin D. So many of us are walking around vitamin D deficient. And, you know, because our skin is darker, that does give us that protection somewhat from the sun. It might even be the hypothesis behind the black don't crack theory. (laughs) So, but however, as a result of having darker skin, we might be walking around vitamin D deficient. So what are some of the treatments for a seasonal affective disorder? Well, there are a couple. They include light therapy, psychotherapy, or talk therapy, vitamin D supplement, and antidepressant medications, or a combination of any of these treatments. So let's look at light therapy. Um, Light therapy has been a common treatment for SAD since the 1980s. The goal is to expose individuals to a very bright light every day. And this bright light is something that you could buy. You can buy it on Amazon. It can, I've seen some the size of a tablet. I'm like, a, yeah, I've seen some the size of a, a tablet or iPad type device. So it's something that you can buy and you're exposing yourself or individuals to very bright light every day to make up for the decreased natural sunshine in the darker months, especially after we fall back for daylight savings, the days get shorter. You know, even now every day I'm like, man, the days are getting shorter. The days are getting shorter. Seven o'clock, it's getting dark out. So we're having less sunshine. So we're exposing ourselves to just bright light more. Exposure is typically 30 to 45 minutes daily, first thing in the morning. That's how it's typically been done with regards to light therapy. And for those who would do this, their treatment would start early fall and continue through winter months. However, you know, if you're an individual that has sensitivity to light, then you want to consult with your doctor before trying this treatment. So that is light therapy. Then you have psychotherapy or talk therapy. And that is also beneficial for SAD as it helps individuals identify and learn coping skills they can use for their low mood. So, you know, the talk therapy, psychotherapy, that is that is what I do, what we do in our practice all day, every day. That psychotherapy, talk therapy, learning skills, processing, identifying maybe different trends, psychoeducation around it all, utilizing cognitive behavioral therapy. That is also helpful as a specific type of treatment that has been proven to be effective for mood disorders, including seasonal affective disorder. So talk therapy could be helpful as well. And then looking at vitamin D, because vitamin D deficiency is prominent, In many people with seasonal affective disorder, nutritional supplements of vitamin D may be a benefit. However, each person should consult with their doctor before taking the supplement. You know, I'm not here giving medical advice. I'm not a medical doctor. So I do encourage each of you to consult with your doctor about your vitamin D levels as well as any vitamin D supplements. So do this when you, next time you see a doctor or have your annual physicals and definitely consult with your doctor before taking any supplements. But vitamin D supplements, if recommended by your doctor, is another treatment for seasonal affective disorder. 
And then you have some individuals who may find themselves needing an added intervention to cope with their symptoms of seasonal affective disorder. And this additional intervention might include medications such as antidepressants, antidepressant medications such as your SSRIs, your selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors are used to treat SAD as well as other types of depression. And you know, you noticed earlier we talked about that serotonin decreasing and people with SAD are having decreased levels of serotonin. So the SSRI is a type of medication prescribed to help offset some of that. And if you are looking for any antidepressants or medication, then that would be prescribed by a medical doctor. So a psychiatrist, psychiatrists, they are medical doctors, or it could be your general practitioner. They can also prescribe antidepressants. And, you know, as I say with all our clients, you know, that are taking medication. Medication can be very beneficial and helpful. And for some, that is a needed and necessary intervention. And it can also be most beneficial when combined with psychotherapy. So if you are taking medication, you still want to be in receiving some sort of psychotherapy to learn skills to help you cope with what you are experiencing. So for those who experience seasonal affective disorder, it is ideal to be proactive. This means start using your interventions such as light therapy, the beginning of fall, well before daylight savings, and before sunlight significantly decreases. It's also a good idea to monitor your mood as soon as fall begins with a mood tracking app or journal so that you can objectively see a trend with your mood. I strongly recommend for all our clients to download an app that can track their mood. And there are tons of them available now. I think the latest one I've been telling folks about is an app called Dailyo, D-A-Y-L-I-O. I'm sure that there's that. And I'm sure there are tons others that might be, maybe have even come out since Dailyo. But I recommend that folks download an app. And that one's a free app. And, you know, there are a ton of them again. Download a mood tracking app and track your mood. I like for folks to do this to get some objective data around their mood. I think data is very helpful and beneficial when we're trying to diagnose and or even treat because it gives us a very clear objective picture of what the individual is experiencing as opposed to if I ask you on a Friday, how was your week? You're likely going to respond subjective to how you feel that moment that Friday. Whereas if you're tracking your mood daily and I say, well, how was your week? If I ask you on a Friday, how was your week? Then you can look back and say, you know what? Monday was good. Tuesday was this. Wednesday was this. Very objectively, as opposed to it being subject to how you feel in the moment. So for folks who are using a mood tracking app to track your moods, I encourage you to track daily. And I usually tell folks or ask folks to track three times a day as well. Again, so that if it's a Tuesday and you're getting ready to log your mood for the day, If it's a Tuesday evening, well, your day may be subject to how you feel in the moment. So the day could have been great, but if in that moment you don't feel well, or you're maybe in a mood or a low mood, you will likely describe that whole day based on how you feel in that moment. So daily and three times a day. At these apps that exist, um, the mood tracking is simple. It's typically just with the click of an emoji, and you can designate what you want the emojis to mean. So We do the mood tracking so that we can get some data, and that can also be helpful in diagnosing uh, seasonal affective disorder as well, and being able to differentiate it from major depressive disorder, recurrent, with 
and then major depressive disorder recurrent with the seasonal pattern specifier. If you experience seasonal affective disorder, it is also important to maintain or increase already established self-care activities during this time. So, you know, the fall and winter months, they don't pop up on us. They come the same time every year. So we know they're coming. So this is great because we can prepare. So it's no surprise that fall is on its way and we are going to have decreased daylight. So now is the time to beef up or amp up some of your practices. It is especially important to take care of your general health and wellness so that your mood can be positively impacted. So some of the things you may want to amp up doing would be getting that regular exercise, eating healthy and regularly, getting adequate sleep. Oh my gosh, we underestimate how much sleep we need, but sleep is everything for our physical health and our mental health. When folks are tracking their mood, oftentimes I will hear, oh, today was a blah day or a meh day, or today was not a good day. And I also made a note that my sleep was really off the night before. So sleep definitely impacts our mood and is critical to maintaining a baseline general overall well mood. And so getting adequate sleep and also maintaining connections and social interactions with family and friends. So you want to just try to be balanced, have healthful things in your routine and as part of your self-care activities. So the symptoms of seasonal affective disorder can definitely be overwhelming and cause significant disruption to daily habits. Some experience it very mild, while others may have more severe disturbances. So a major takeaway, it does exist for some folks maybe thinking, you know, it just seems like around a certain type of year, I just feel down. Well, there very well could be a reason for that and not just kind of like, I just, I feel like I feel this way. No, it very well could be seasonal affective disorder possibly. So it does exist. This thing does exist. And it's important to note that it can be treated and it has a really good prognosis Treatment does have a really good prognosis, and I think it's also helpful. The prognosis, seasonal affective disorder, having a good prognosis also likely relates to the fact that we know that symptoms will remit or likely remit come spring. So we know, you know, that this is short term and it it won't last forever. But while you're in it and experiencing it, there are things you can do to improve your mood or to maybe even lessen the severity of the disorder. Fortunately, there's treatment available for seasonal affective disorder, regardless of the severity. And if your symptoms are troubling, please reach out to a mental health professional and you can always inform your primary care physician and they can be a starting point for you if you don't know where else to go in terms of what you may be experiencing. All right. So I wanted just to share some information about seasonal affective disorder. Um, It does exist. We are coming around the curve of when It might start peaking for some, especially with daylight savings time drawing near. We're already getting less sun out. So I just wanted to shed a little light that this phenomenon does exist, seasonal affective disorder, and that there is treatment available for it. All right. So thank you all for joining me today on the couch. I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Lady in the Couch. Feel free to share this episode with your friends on all of your social media platforms. If you're in the Atlanta area and seeking therapy, visit ladyinthecouch.com to learn more. Like what you heard? Feel free to give us a five-star review where you listen to podcasts. The content in this episode is not intended to diagnose or treat. 
It is for informational purposes only.